The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Good morning, Refuge Church. So good to be with you guys uh, this morning. Man, can't even remember the last time I preached, but it felt like a long time ago. And the reason was, the last time I was supposed to preach, I went home to Nigeria to visit my family. And so Bob uh, graciously uh, stepped in for me. So I'm back now, and it's good to be with you guys as we wrap up the book of Ephesians uh, this morning. Uh, But before we start, I'm going to offer this prayer of confession uh, for us this morning. And then after that, I want you to take a few minutes to also offer your own uh, prayers of confession. So bow your heads and pray with me. Sovereign Lord, thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Thank you for your wonderful promises to us. Thank you for all the heavenly gifts that you have blessed us with. Thank you for calling us, adopting us, making us your own. And thank you for your arms of love that's always with us and continues to surround us even when we wander astray, Lord. And so this morning, we pray for forgiveness in areas we have sinned through our actions, through our thoughts. In any way, Lord, have mercy on us and forgive us. Cleanse us from our sins and made our bones that we've have been broken in us, may it rejoice again in you, creating us a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within us. Cast us not away from your presence, but restore your Holy Spirit in us so that we can praise and magnify your holy name so that we can proclaim your name to the nations, to our friends, to our neighbors, and people around us, Lord. And so have mercy on us, Father. And please take a few minutes to offer your own prayer of confession. Jesus, thank you because in your word you said if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us. And so we confess all our sins to you this morning and we receive your forgiveness. 
Help us to be holy people, people who strive to be apart from the rest of the world, people who strive to follow you, follow your commands, and to love you with everything we have. As we open your word this morning, we pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit to talk to us. Pray that we won't just be the hearers, but the doers of your word, Lord. Thank you for this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. For over uh, two months, We've been uh, doing a series on the book of Ephesians, and the title of the series is Be Different. And our intro for the series has been, God is calling us to be a different kind of people, a holy people. Holiness is a quality that uniquely belongs to God. Being a different people means that our primary identity is part of God's holy family. In the book of Ephesians, God gives us instructions on how to live lives as holy people in a world that often doesn't like our kind of different. And so this morning, I'll be ending uh, this series uh, for us. And so, but uh, before I wrap up with the last two uh, verses in the book of Ephesians, I just want to do a little bit of a recap of what the book of Ephesians is all about and some of the things that we have learned through the series. So to help us uh, understand the book of Ephesians better, uh, just follow along with me. So several years ago, The Los Angeles Times reported the story of an elderly couple who were found dead in their apartment. Autopsy revealed that they both died from severe uh, malnutrition. Although investigators found uh, about $40,000 that they had stacked in their house, and so they had enough money to live a comfortable life, but they chose not to. For many years, Hetty Green, Hetty Green was an American businesswoman. She was also known as the Witch of Wall Street. She was also the richest woman during the Gilded Age, and she was called America's greatest miser. When she died in 1916, she left an estate valued at $100 million, and that's a lot of money uh, for that time. But she was so miserly that she ate cold oatmeal to save the expense of heating the water. $100 million, but ate cold oatmeal every day. When her son had a severe leg leg injury, she took so long trying to find a free clinic that his leg had to be amputated because of advanced infection. It has been said that she also hastened her own death by bringing on a fit of apoplexy while arguing the merits of skin milk because it was more because it was cheaper than whole milk. Why do I share this story? Because the book of Ephesians is written to Christians who might be prone to treat their spiritual resources like that miserly uh, miserly couple and Hetty Green treated their own financial 
resources. If we do what these people do with their financial resources, we are in danger of suffering from spiritual malnutrition because we do not take advantage of the great storehouse of spiritual nourishment and resources that is at our own disposal. The book of Ephesians has been given titles such as the Believer's Bank, the Christian Checkbook, the Treasure House of the Bible. This wonderful tell, this wonderful letters tells us believers of our great riches, inheritance, the fullness in Christ and in his church that we have. It tells us what we possess and how to claim and enjoy these possessions. But how often do we enjoy these possessions and the promises that we have learned about in the book of Ephesians? Are we often like those two couples who had everything but chose to die from malnutrition or like Harry Green? And what are some of the treasures that we have learned from our sermon series? Here's a few. Paul starts the letter with, the Father has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing that you can think of, you have been blessed with. You possess that. We have redemption through Jesus' blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. You have been redeemed. You are his. He's called you by name. We have obtained an inheritance, been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. Before you were created, you were chosen. He chose you to be his. What a wonderful blessing. And we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise so that we don't go through life alone. But we have the Holy Spirit of God living in us, directing us in all that we do. This is one of our spiritual possession. We are no more strangers and foreigners, but citizens with the saints and the household of God. You are a son and daughter. You are a co-heir of everything that God has in heaven. What a wonderful blessing that is. We once lived in darkness, but now we live in the light of the world. Our old self is gone. And because of what Jesus did on the cross for my sin and your sin, we have become a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And then Paul also adds that we have been given the full armor of God to fight and resist the evil one. What wonderful spiritual blessings uh, that we have from the book of Ephesians. So now that we've done a recap of some of the things that we have discussed about uh, during the last uh, few months, how does Paul wrap up the book? So the passage that I'll be looking at this morning is in Ephesians chapter 6, 
verse 23 to 24. And this is how Paul wraps up. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 24. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus with incorruptible love. I'm going to read 24 again. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. The four words that Paul uses to wrap up this beautiful book are peace. Peace to all believers. I mean, peace is something that we need every day, right? I mean, you just read the news and you're like, guide me your peace reign. I know that's one of my prayers every day when I see everything that's going on in the world. And so Paul asks for peace for all believers. And then he The other word is love, love for one another. Love for one another, but also love for God. But when we love one another, when people outside the church see our love for one another, through our love, they see who God is and they want to be in the community of God. And then faith. May I believe in God the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit grow each day so that our faith may be strengthened. And then grace was the last word. And we know that grace is getting what we don't deserve and getting and not getting what we deserve. Getting what we don't deserve and not getting what we deserve. But I'm going to focus my, uh, my attention to verse 24. Grace to all who love Jesus with love incorruptible. That is how he ends the entire book. Paul here is saying that there is a condition to grace. And what is the condition that he sets for? Incorruptible love. Incorruptible love is the condition to the grace that he wants all believers who love Jesus to have. And so the Bible defines the word incorruptibility as the quality or state of being that is free from physical decay, right? Incorruptibility means that something is immortal, never-ending. It will never cease. Right? And so Paul is basically saying that grace to all who love God with a love that never dies, with a love that never ends, with a love that is immortal, with a love that will continue to exist forever and ever. Grace to those people. And it is very easy to talk about uh, love these days, you know, it's like, Outside, anywhere, you hear all the world needs is sweet love. You know, love, love. But we don't often define what that love is, right? Uh, Nate uh, introduced me uh, to this show. It's called Ted Lasso. If, if you're a soccer fan, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, don't bother. Well, Ted Lasso is a football coach. It's like Division II uh, football coach uh, somewhere in Wichita, Right? But he gets hired 
to coach an English Premier League in England. That's a big deal. Division two football to coaching professional football in England, right? I'm a huge Manchester United fan. Uh, it's been rough this last few days, but God is in control, right? But the Premier League is the best league in the world, and here you have somebody with no experience coaching India. But the reason that the owner hired him was because she was getting divorced from her husband, and she hired Ted because he didn't have any experience, and so she knew that he would just ruin the whole team. But Ted Lasso is this loving guy, positive energy. Like, if you had a friend like Ted Lasso, half of your problems in the world will be gone because you just want to be with him. Everything about him is amazing. However, his marriage is not going so well, and that was one of the reasons he took the job because he wanted some distance between him and his wife so that she would realize, uh, maybe they can realize what's going wrong and maybe the distance between them will help a little bit. But when she comes to England to visit him, she wants a divorce. And what she said that I found profound was, the reason she wants the divorce is because she doesn't feel the same as she did the first time they met. Love. She doesn't feel the same as she did the first time they met. And can you think of marriages that have ended for the same reason? Right? <laughs> and so we ask, is that love? Obviously, that's not love. And that's not the love that God wants from us. And that's why Paul says, Grace to all who love Jesus with a love that doesn't end, a love that is not based on feelings. Because if we love based on feelings, half of us here will not be married to our spouses. I know I definitely won't. Because some of the things I say to my wife, I'm like, why are you still with me? <laughs> and so, why is incorruptible love important. Because if we love our Lord with incorruptible love, we will live as children of light, exposing the shameful deeds of darkness. We will be careful how we live, making the most of every opportunity, understanding the Lord's will, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what incorruptible love is all about. If we live by incorruptible love, out of love for Christ, wives will submit to their husbands, children will honor their parents, husbands will lay their lives for their wives and instruct their children in the way of the Lord. If we love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love, we will not give up in our fight against the flesh and the devil, but we will stand our ground and resist the schemes of the evil one. Above all, we will always pray with all kinds of prayers for all the saints in all perseverance. And you might ask, that's a lot for God to ask of me. But don't forget this. All that he asks, he provides. 
We love our Lord Jesus Christ with undying love because in him we know God's immortal, imperishable, and incorruptible love for us. And how does Christ demonstrate this for us? We see this time and time again in the book of Ephesians. In Christ, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We were chosen in Him to be holy and blameless. Through Christ, we have been adopted as God's children. In Him, we have redemption through His blood. This are acts of incorruptible love. And in Him, God is bringing the entire universe to its fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, Christ. In him you were chosen, predestined according to God's sovereign plan. In Christ we have been sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, marked out as God's own precious possession. That is incorruptible love. In our Lord Jesus Christ, God is right now working his mighty power for us who believe and put their faith in him. In Christ, we have been made alive with him. Even when we were dead in transgressions, in him we have been seated in the heavenly realms in order that in the coming ages, God might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us through Christ Jesus. That is incorruptible love. In him, we have been created for good works. In him, we who were far away have been brought near. In him, Jews and Gentiles, blacks and white, and people of different races can come together in one body and enjoy fellowship with God. In him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. In him is a love that is wide and long and high and deep, a love that surpasses all knowledge. That is incorruptible love. And so when God demands incorruptible love for us, Remember that he loved us that way first. And so it's not too much to ask. And then Paul says that grace is given to those who love the Lord with incorruptible love. When you love God with love incorruptible, grace is given. We all have some measure of grace, all of us. But Paul is saying that with incorruptible love, it's like, it's like God gives us a double portion of grace to live with. And man, grace is something that we need in our lives every day. And grace is something that we cannot live without. If you think you can live without grace, you're lying to yourself. I was listening to this song. Uh, it's called uh, Mercy Work, uh, Walked In by Gordon uh, Motes. And the lyrics really got me. And so here's how it goes. I stood in the courtroom. The judge turned my way. It looks like you're guilty. Now, what do you say? I spoke of your honor. I have no defense. But that's when mercy walked in. Mercy walked in and pleaded my case. Called to the stand, God's saving grace. The blood was presented that covered my sin. 
forgiven when mercy walked in. I stood there and wondered, how could this be? Someone so guilty had just been set free. My chains were broken. I felt born again. The moment that mercy walked in, oh, oh, mercy walked in and pleaded my case, called to the stand, God's saving grace. The blood was presented that covered my sin, forgiven when mercy walked in. Grace and mercy works together. What will you tell God when you stand before him? Will you show him all your wonderful deeds that you've done in this world? No. <laughs> grace and mercy will plead your case. And that is why we need grace every single day. You know, I, I have a lot of stories to share about my uh, trip to Nigeria. You know, but, you know, it's like when, when I landed in the country, I just became angry. Right, because I mean, it's been nine years uh, since the last time I went home, and so things were just different. But I was so angry because, you know, of the corruption, just everything that was going on was just too much to bear, especially, you know, with my family and my loved ones and, you know, people who were ruling that uh, didn't seem to care. But one of the things that I was really angry about was how everyone drives, right? You know, not... Before I came, it didn't bother me, but my American self, when it drives back home, it's different, and so I get frustrated. I mean, we have street lights, but there's just suggestions. (laughs) I remember just, you know, driving, and it's a red light, and I stopped, and my brother looks at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, red light, in America, we stopped. But people behind me are honking like, go, you idiot, why are you waiting? We have places to go, right? I'm the only rule follower, everybody is not, right? And so, and there were just so many unsafe things that people were doing on the road. It bothered me, and I just started becoming upset and upset. I remember one time I was, uh, you know, red light, you know, I stopped, and this car behind me, two-lane road, he just moved to the other side of the lane while it was still red light and just turned left. And I was like, are you in a hurry? I'm in a hurry too, but oh no. Well, the worst part was, was a beautiful day, finished service, and we were driving home uh, from church. And as we were driving two-lane road, straight shot for me, I had the right of way, and this guy who was coming from the opposite direction, he was trying to go right. And so what he did was he flashed his light at me. Even though I had the right of where I was going straight, he wanted me to stop for him while he took a right. I'm like, how does that make sense? I didn't stop. I continued driving, and he didn't stop too. And so he came, and he almost collided with the car. And at this point, I just lost it. I got out of my car. I said some colorful words at him that you don't want to know. I'm not a saint, I confess. And he rolled his window and he locked the door because I was about to grab him out of the car and beat the crap out of him. (laughs) And church had just ended, right? I just heard the word of God. It's like, God is good. And here I was just so upset about to beat some, uh, yeah, somebody who doesn't know how to drive. 
And so the idea of grace just wasn't there. I was so upset I was about to give him what he deserved. And then afterwards, you know, my brother-in-law and my brother, like, who are you? What did America do to you? I'm like, no, <laughs> this is just Ibrahim. But I was, as I was driving back, I was like, why didn't you just walk away? Why didn't you just walk away? And so we, we need grace in our lives because even though we don't sometimes show grace to people that we're supposed to, God is still faithful and just. And he continues to lavish us with the same grace that we forget to show others. And so my prayer for us this morning is that we'll love God with everything that we have. Everything. Because he has loved us as we've seen in the book of Ephesians. He has blessed us with so many riches. And all you have to do is live in those riches, enjoy them. Be who he has called you to be. And as we do that, I pray that his grace and mercy will just overshadow us. In Jesus' name. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for your word. And thank you for your wonderful promises that uh, we find in your word. Jesus, we don't even know how to begin to love you the way you've called us to. And so we pray that you will teach us, show us. We pray that your Holy Spirit will reveal to us what love in you looks like. And whatever is stopping us from just fully loving you the way we're supposed to, Lord, we pray that you just take that away. And so we pray that the words that we've heard, Lord, that we will meditate on these words. And as we meditate, may we grow in our walk with you and in our walk with each other. Thank you for this, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And so every uh, Sunday we eat uh, communion. And we do that to remember what Jesus did on the cross for your sins and my sins. You know, before he was about to go on the cross, he sat with his disciples, he washed their feet, and he took bread and he broke it and said, eat this. Because when you eat this, I want you to remember my body that will be broken for you. And in the same way, he took a cup of wine blessed it and said drink this because this will be my blood that I will shed on the cross for your sins and when you drink this remember what I did on the cross for you the cross is what gives us our grace and mercy and so as you eat reflect on that this morning if you have anything that's stopping you from eating communion uh, Joe Berg his wife will be back there to pray for you. And if you have anything that's bothering you, they'll be happy to pray for you. They're just back there. And so please, we are a body united. We pray for each other. That's what we do. We eat communion to show how broken we are. 
and we receive God's grace when we humble ourselves and tell God that we don't have it. And so do that this morning.